Hey everyone, it's another week of Find Your Film. We're back with one big featured movie review, and in my opinion, one big movie rewind. That big featured review is a movie called The Toll. It's an 80-minute suspense thriller, twisty thriller that I foisted on Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes because I really enjoyed that movie so, so much. And the other big movie we're reviewing, I, I suppose in depth this week, because I, I barely I glanced over it last week, was is Happily, the film directed by Ben David Grabinski, a fellow Walter Hill fan of, um, yeah, we love Walter Hill and Streets of Fire. By the way, I, Eric Holmes, I still haven't, oh, Eric Holmes this week is called Eric Hausu, H-A-U-S-O. Speaking of Hausu, I'm going to at you in a second, watch well, I can't, I can't, I'm, I was about, about to sneeze. How Sue Eric, Eric, I, I'm going to actually not half spoil it. Eric act, was actually showing. Can you show the, uh, just for the video, what the, the image, the nightmare, ah, what, ah, that looks so scary. Bruce Perky, are you scared by that, by that criterion image? Or is that just a, another day at the office for you? Perky, deep, Perky, die. I've seen How Sue, so I'm kind of scared, but in a very, very, odd way but i am jealous <laughs> of the uh dvd and the blu-ray yes i'd like to have that thank you oh you would like to have that so if you had the coins you would purchase yourself a copy of i guess house or house you would house 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 so yeah how do you worth... not know house house i've never heard of it thank you eric holmes for bringing some extra value that's going to be one of the films that eric holmes recommends this week bruce perky perky d perky da is that your weekly Amount of gibberish that you're going to throw down on our podcast, Bruce Perky? What's going on with that? Uh, that's a Perky D, Perky Day. So just so you're pronouncing <laughs> okay. it correctly. <laughs> okay. How dare you? How dare you correct? Are you going to take up for me, Eric Holmes? He's correcting me already. What Should he be correcting <laughs> me? Here? Okay. I didn't know how to yes, pronounce it. Got my back. And now I do. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of mispronunciations. House, house. Is it house or Perky D, Perky Da? Obla D, Obla Da. Life goes on. No singing, please. being being corrected is always good because then now you know how to do the thing properly oh eric Eric, i gotta correct you on that i mean being corrected (laughs) is not good you have to correct very good there's a lot of there's gonna be a lot of correctives on the show you know we're we're actually for the intros instead of me asking hey eric or hey bruce did you have a good week watching movies we're actually trying to structure a little bit more of a little bit of an intro thanks to bruce and eric bringing some different things this week let's start with bruce first bruce decided for our find your film facebook page to have a weekly movie question to ask our listeners and our community just various movie questions. And Bruce, what was the first movie question you you sent to our to our Facebook community? Well, this week I had sent out um, the basic concept was: Are there any like actual real world places that were used as filming locations that you kind of want on your bucket list? Some place you'd like to visit in your life, or maybe you have visited it in your life. And I was kind of inspired because when we were doing our uh, director spotlight, the last one, Leos Carax, there's a whole bunch of stuff around the the Pont Neuf Bridge, and I'm like, okay, now I would like to at some point in my life go to the Pont Neuf Bridge. Uh, that would be really cool. Uh, so I posted a picture of myself in front of uh, Laura Palmer's house near where I used to live. How near was it where you used to live? How near? Like five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, 20? Yeah, it was about 10 minutes. Okay, cool. It's just a house, a person's house in a neighborhood, but they used it for all the facades, especially I think in Fire Walk With Me, that was the one they used. So there's people like me that'll go there and stand 
on the street in front of their house and people probably looking out the window. Is it a nice yeah, creepy deal? Uh, oh, oh. Idyllic? It's, it's not the best city it's ever at Washington, but it's a nice neighborhood in that city. So sure. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to read off the first answer that you received, Bruce Perky, from your question. By the way, go to our Find Your Film Facebook page so you can see a selfie of Bruce Perky standing in front of the Laurel Palmer house. Is that a, a place, a location, Eric Holmes, that you would want to visit one day because I'm sure you're an avid fan of Twin Peaks and David Lynch. Yes, I, that would not be a bad place to go. That, actually, uh, Richard Farnsworth's house in a street story would be a pretty good place to hang out on the 4th of July, I think. Oh, you know, I, I will say this, not 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 too much of a spoiler, but there's a well, it, it's how many years now? I uh, By the way, I did interview Richard Farnsworth for Straight Story, and there's a sequence with him and Harry Dean Stanton where I believe they're on a porch. I'm not going to say what part of the movie it is, but that almost brought a tear to my eye. I, I love Straight Story. Bruce Perky, the Straight Story, did it make you emotional? I, I, I'm assuming Eric Holmes loves it. Did you, or, or do you scoff at both of us? At saying no, that no, that's a really good movie. I like it quite a bit. I don't remember getting super emotional during it, but I remember oh. liking it a lot. Oh, did you get emotional at the end, Eric Holmes, a little bit for Straight Story? No, I didn't. I did, uh, I did interview oh Kevin Farley one time, though. And uh, he told me about his and his brother's experience working on that uh, shortly after Chris Farley died. And got kind of emotional when he was talking about that, though. Oh, okay. Very good. That is very, that's an interesting circumstance that you were able to do that, Eric. One of these days, maybe you can delve deeper into that chance meeting. Maybe I'll be able to dig out the interview out of my computer somewhere. It's buried in there somewhere. So (laughs) maybe I dig it out and we'll post it. Oh, oh, that would be that. That would be cool. That would be cool. You know, okay. So here's the first response to Bruce Berkey's question about location bucket list. And this first response is from Peter Beta. He is a podcaster. He has his own, I believe, trio, and they do a, a podcast called Middle Class Film Class. He goes, quote, my bucket list locations include, but are not limited to Machu Picchu, the Aurora Borealis, Great Wall of China, Iceland Hot Springs, and Puget Sound. Is it Puget Sound or Pug- Pugo? Pigo Sound in New Zealand, as well as Hobbiton in New Zealand. Plenty of movies have used these spots as settings, though I don't think of any specific movies when I think of them besides The Hobbit Village, obviously. The only location, Bruce and Eric, the only location I used to live near, a wonderful location, this place called, I don't know if either of you have heard it. For nine and a half years, I lived in downtown Los Angeles. I would just take the funic, it was called a funicular. I would, it was like a little train car thing from my apartment. I lived high on the hill. I would take it from my apartment, the little funicular. I'd go down to the Grand Central Market, cross the Grand Central Market and enter this area called the Bradbury Building. The Bradbury Building ended up, it's a beautiful art deco building. You go in inside that building and it's a location for Blade Runner location mm. for the Mike Nichols film Wolf. And also, I guess for maybe Gen Xers, Gen Yers, or Millennium people, it's the ending sequence in, what is it? How many days of summer? Is it 500 days of summer? Is that it? 500 days of summer? Yeah, that's when Joseph Gordon-Levitt meets, what is her name? Minka Kelly at the end of that movie. So it's called the Bradbury Building. Very very beautiful. And the other locations I want to check out is obviously wherever, whatever locations Vertigo was shot. I went to the actual mission where they, you know, the where, where James Stewart is climbing up the stairs and huffing and puffing and wheezing, mm-hmm. trying to save Kim Novak, which, spoiler alert, doesn't really happen. You, you must have gone know. to Fort, Fort Point too, right? I believe so. I mean, you know what? No, I went to the mission. 
So, so actually the actual Spire thing, I did not go. Eric, Bruce is correcting me this whole episode. What's going on here? Are you going to help me on this? He's, he's correcting my, my memories. He's, he, he, he's trying to help you. Yep. Okay. Friction yeah. is helping. <laughs> <laughs> that is voice of reason. Voice of reason. Bruce, what else did you get from the, from the community? A few of our friends. Uh, Matt Stillman, who I disappointed with my review of what was that movie called something someplace yeah, yeah, like somewhere somewhere somewhere, um, somewhere. one of forgotten. these days the big revenge is eric holmes is going to watch it one day and he's <laughs> going to say he's got to count to monte cristo you and he's going to say how awesome somewhere is one of these days yeah i, I will correct bruce on how good the <laughs> believe me i've been corrected many times <laughs> he said italy specifically rome and sicily as seen in roman holiday and la ventura so Ooh, la ventura. yeah yeah Love and Tour, wonderful, wonderful movie. I believe it stars Monica Vitti. Have you any of you guys seen that Italian film Laventura? It's a very frustrating film, but it's it's a movie fraught with symbolism. Very good movie, actually. Yes, Bruce. It's it's on my list, but I have not seen it. No, maybe oh, I'll have okay. to add that to my list. So. Uh, Joseph Bridges, he said he visited Shawshank a few years ago. Easily one of the best full experience visits you could have in one movie set. And mm-hmm. then he added. This is funny. There's a sad drama set in the Midwest. I've probably seen the gas station where the main character has an emotional scene because <laughs> I guess anything ever shot around Cincinnati uh, had that gas station scene, apparently. So he uh, said that one. And Mark Crimmins said Gettysburg. And then last but not least, we have Ken Cunningham, who also does lots of reviews yes, he does. on uh, cinematics. Uh, he said several Bond locations what comes to mind is the house on the lake at the end of Casino Royale. I've never seen. Oh, wait, wait. Because I wonder if it's Casino Royale, the Daniel. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure it's probably the Daniel Craig It has version. to be the Daniel Craig version. It has yeah. to be. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen the original, the Casino Royale with, I think, I think that starred Woody Allen and David Niven, the original one. Yeah. So that, Bruce, I'm sorry, you're going to say something? And I will add one that I want to visit. And if I do, I will definitely do a video field trip for our group. Yeah. Uh, and that is, I live probably four or five hours from the waterfall that is in Deliverance. Ooh, and nice. I want to go to that. <laughs> That'd be great. Go with, you know what, Bruce, go with a bunch of suburbanites and, and make it, make a weekend of it. That'd be really nice. See what, see what happens. Just a bow and arrow. That's all I need. <laughs> bow and arrow <laughs> and a canoe. I'm good. <laughs> that's, I, th- that's I think the three of us should go there and. I mean, what's the worst that could happen, right? Yeah. right what's the worst? Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Uh, like, who is love- the, the plumpest? Whoever's the plumpest, watch out. I'm going to lose some weight beforehand because I, <laughs> I might be in trouble as well. You know, Eric, Eric, I'm sure you're, you're safe, but I, yeah, sure. I'd love to wake up in the middle of the night in, in chills. That would be really, really nice to visit that location. Now, speaking of locations, we're going we're gonna to hit one final location before we get to our main review of the week, and that is Colorado Springs. Eric Holmes, what do you, you might not have a movie location for us regarding Colorado Springs, but you have something of import. Tell us what it is. Well, oh wait, are we talking about the movie locations or the location, a specific location in Colorado Springs? The, what, 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 is, what lies in Colorado Springs? Maybe uh, two cards that you may have oh. on your person. All right. Well, uh, I got uh, two cards right here, two more gift cards. Uh, as you may recall, uh, we had two people win them. And uh, we. What does the card t- say? What does the card say? They're uh, Entertainment Entertainment gift cards, two $20 Entertainment gift cards. And uh, we're, we're going to start this up again. So, uh, you know, if you've left a review on the uh, on the iTunes or what what was the other one? 
the well you know what i think what you guys can do is if you if you leave a review on on itunes that'd be great or you can like us on our find your film facebook page if you've done one or the other you get one entry if you do both of them you'll get two entries so that'd be cool the the only thing i'd ask just to make it easier just uh, be sure to email me at hamslime at gmail.com once you've done that that just makes it easier for me to find you if you've won <laughs> very good and because these- <laughs> uh, uh, uh there was a couple there's like uh reviews uh some of the reviews like have the people's names on it and we're like okay i know who that is i know how to get a hold of them some of the names have odd names on it or or uh nicknames or whatever and sure. i don't know who you are but if you email me and then I got your email address. I can get your mailing address. And that just makes it a lot easier. And these cards are $20 a piece. Yep. yep. And what, how, how do they like, how are, do you mail them the cards? How does that, how does that work? Once they win, once we announce the winners, I'm going to, we're going to, you're going to announce the winners next for our next episode next yeah. week. So the, the last uh, winners, Chad Wilfong, I mailed his to him. And then uh, Jeffrey Basson actually took a picture and then sent it to him. And that worked too. So I, I guess either one, <laughs> Which, okay. whichever one you prefer. And then once you get the uh, card or you win, you win the gift card and you buy something, uh, maybe we have you on the show as we will next week, I believe. And maybe we have you on the show to review whatever whatever spoils you got from the entertainment. Be it a movie, maybe you picked up a cool album, maybe you picked up a book or video game, what, whatever it is. You come on, uh, come on, find your film and tell us what you got and tell us what you thought of it. And That sounds that good. Be, that, that would be quite fun, I think. That would be quite fun. Uh, Jeffrey Basson is going to be uh, joining us next week. He's he's going to review his DVD copy of the Criterion Collection film directed by da- uh, Terrence Malick, Days of Heaven. So I've yeah. never seen Days of Heaven. Bruce and Eric have seen it. Probably, I think Bruce probably a long while back. I'm assuming Bruce. Right? Yeah. So yeah. we're going to rewatch Days of Heaven. We're going to talk about it with Jeff Basson. Or is it Basson or Basson? I don't know. But listeners... He, Basson, he, he corrected us and told us we were correct in our uh, first uh, Basson. Okay, Jeffrey Basson. Yeah. He's, we're going to talk Malik and Days of Heaven. Hopefully, we get to talk about the late Linda Mance, who I believe has a big role in that movie. Richard Gere's in it, I believe, as well. And I think Sam Shepard. I don't know, but I, I know that those two Gere and Mans are in it. Now, if you're like me and you're antisocial and all you want and want all you want is that twenty dollars cool card cash to actually call Colorado Springs, give them the number and then have them send you free stuff and not go on find your film and review the movie with us and spend time with me or Bruce or Eric. I totally understand if you win the $20 and you don't want to go on with us and just keep it and just say, Hey, by the way, thanks guys. See you later. I'm going to, I'm going to buy my Shawshank Redemption, a Blu-ray with the 20 bucks. See you guys later. That's fine too. So either way you want to do it. If you win it, you win it and you do whatever you want. But they, good job. They, yeah, yeah. I, I was saying thank you for correcting me. Yes, coming on the show is not a prerequisite if you don't want to, but I just thought it'd be something fun to do if you wanted to. Can I correct you in saying that I was not correcting you? I'm not I'm no Bruce Perky. I was just adding an extra option. Don't call me no don't call, no, Bruce Perky, you should be smiling. Okay, good. Thank good. I'm just thank gonna good. say that I'm correct. That's all I'm gonna say that. You know what? Judge and jury. That's the final final word on the correct theme of this episode. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to the movie rewind, but first let's get to the main film for this episode. This movie is called a toll T O L L in theaters on demand on digital March 26th. It's called, here's a synopsis. It's a supernatural terror and suspense thriller. And it centers on this woman. She just comes, she's coming home from a, a long a plane trip. She's tired. 
I think she calls some kind of Uber driver and she, all she wants to do is go home. And you know what? The driver is a little bit of a chatty bleeping Kathy. He's a little bit of an annoying dude. And all she wants to do is sleep on the way home to, I believe her father. And what happens is it doesn't end up properly. They, their car, the car ends up in the middle of the forest and this woman and this annoying driver have to band together and get out of this nightmarish desolate forest. It's filled with trees. The car's broken down. And unfortunately, it's not just the creatures that go bump in the night. There might be some kind of supernatural element or elements on in the near horizon that might threaten both their lives. So that is the toll. It's written and directed by Michael Nader. And playing the woman is Jordan Hayes. And the man, the annoying driver, is Max Toplin. What's interesting about this movie is, well, again, I love it because it's only 80 minutes and it's tightly packed. Jordan Hayes and Max Toplin, they're also the producers of The Toll. And this is a DIY indie project. I actually pretty much fell in love with it. I requested interviews as soon as I saw it. I thought it was a nice B-thriller with some really interesting elements that without giving too much away, I hope they, the toll isn't just paid with this film. I hope there are more, some kind of, I would, I would love to see more versions of the toll within this universe down the road. Bruce Perky, am I getting way ahead of myself? Did I overshoot the mark? Am I highly overpraising this movie? What is your take on the toll? No, I mean, I, well, I mean, I think it's good. I would recommend it. Probably a lighter recommend than you, but I think it's good. It's solid. I, I think you kind of undersell for me what's the strength of this movie. The supernatural stuff is okay. It's kind of like the situation, I guess. But I actually was much more interested in and in enjoying the the dynamic between the woman and the driver. Because I thought that did a really good job of setting up both kind of the way it really set the situation where like a woman alone in a car with this guy is automatically having to deal with the BS that guys can throw at a woman and it's uncomfortable. She's a little nervous. Is he creeping on her? Maybe he is creeping on her and he has that awkward energy that, that fuels that. And then just to add the, you know, isolated environment, and then all of a sudden they're stuck out in the middle of nowhere. And then all of a sudden things get a little weird. And then she rightly is like, well, maybe this guy is setting this up to get me in an even more compromised situation. So I thought that that tension, that back and forth between the two was the, the, the strength of this movie. And as it got into more and more kind of a little more traditional supernatural kind of stuff, it was okay. But that stuff wasn't as interesting to me as the first stuff. Very good. Very good point. I totally did oversell that. And their chemistry, it's ultimately a two-hander in many mm-hmm. ways. And it is. It, there are some scary moments, but right, there's a lot of stuff that's brimming under the surface about it's not just a supernatural mm-hmm. thriller. There are the whole male and female di- dynamic, the issues of trust. And then you also wonder if the the guy, maybe he's he could be innocent. Maybe he's just an awkward, like you're saying, Bruce, he might just be an awkward guy who just is misunderstood. And I think the director uh, Nader plays it plays it pretty well. Our emotions shift with these two characters, possibly throughout the narrative. I thought that was very very well done. Eric Holmes, your take on on the toll, your thoughts on it overall. This movie was a uh, this movie was a really good Silent Hill movie, and it wasn't a Silent Hill movie. It was like that close to being set, like a little more production value and uh, some weirdness. This could have been like a really good Silent Hill story. I I just like that it was contained. You know, the movie 
kind of knew what it, you know, it had a lot of focus to it. Even when it kind of went off the rails towards the end, it was still made sense with the, I, I won't finish that sentence. <laughs> if I give too many spoilers, but uh, yeah, it was just uh, to Bruce's point with the, uh, the driver and the woman, like the, yeah, we kind of get a good idea of what the driver's like, but she doesn't know, but we also get a good idea of what she thinks the driver's like. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it, it adds some suspense or uh, thrills, even though we have pretty much all the information that the other characters don't, it's, it's still easy to get uh, empathized with them. It's like, Oh, I know you're wrong, but I totally see where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, there's a lot of that. The bits with the uh, supernatural stuff, it starts off kind of creepy and then it becomes less so. And it does that. It, and that's why I kind of, uh, compare this to Silent Hill because Silent Hill is kind of you know when you when you play the game it, the creepy things are creepy at first until you realize that's not the point like they're in this movie I think goes a little deeper into just scary monster chasing me the the monster is um, more trying to attack you psychologically as opposed to attack you physically although maybe it'll do that but yeah this was it. And and it it packed all that in such a you know tiny you know, tiny focused package that you know I I don't know why you wouldn't give this movie a shot unless you just absolutely yeah. hate hate horror movies that it, it it's it's yeah I, this is just a really good movie I enjoyed it a lot and uh, oh very cool I I, I kind of uh, I'd be kind of curious what these you know if, if the toll kind of picks up steam and gets rolling it'd be kind of I'd be curious to see what these people come up with next. The producers or the director? I guess all of them, huh? Because yeah, whoever wrote it, because um, uh, this I, I think this all this all hinges on the story because the story is so simple, and the uh, the acting. I mean, the, you know, the acting wasn't bad; it wasn't great, but it 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 worked for what they were doing with this uh, with this movie. All right, so that's all solid recommend from. Uh, you, Eric, solid recommend from you, Bruce? Yeah, solid, solid. solid. I mean, it's. I would say it's a, a little bit better than a light recommend. I like. Like, I think both and Eric and I are on the same page that it, it doesn't. It loses a little steam towards the last half, where it was so tight at the beginning half. I mean, I'm putting words in his mouth, but I felt like he was on the same boat as me. I filed one gripe I would have would be Grandma Exposition rolling in on her tractor at one point. <laughs> I would, I would, I, I mean, it kind of happens. I, I but like I mean, that. That was cute. That was good. I, I will correct you on that. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Love it. I, 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 I completely hear what you're saying about Grandma Exposition, and you're not wrong. But I mean, it's I just think you could have had a roll in and you could have had them find out the stuff in a different, little bit different way than her just. I I guess I guess I guess where I'm disagreeing is I actually like her, maybe the actor or I liked her character. So if she just wants to roll in every five minutes, go. All right. (laughs) Now, here's where we are in this story. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. (laughs) She should have almost been like uh, like the old man in like a Friday the 13th movie where they meet her earlier. And it's like, where are you all? Oh, you aren't rolling into those woods, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't go in there, kids. I I would have loved uh, that. There's a there's a part where she sticks her hand out, and they yes. don't do the th- they don't do the yeah. thing. I kind of wanted to see them do the thing. And there was, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I don't know if that. I don't think it's a spoiler, but just yeah. in case it is. And there's one that, little. Tw- oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say there's one uh, little twist at the end too. 
I, I just wish it would have had a slight different twist to it. It was very small, very minor. And we won't talk about it because it's a big spoiler to talk about that. But I mean, I think overall we all agree. It's it's solid little indie thriller yeah. horror mystery. And you could do a lot worse than this. It's it's not bad. Okay. So that is, again, the toll in theaters on Ooh. demand. And Oh, yes. Eric Holmes on Digital you March know, You yes, know sir. what? You want to know what would have made this movie tight? All the weirdness at the end? Have the mm-hmm. guy that wrote and directed Seder write all the weird Silent Hill shit at the end? Then this movie would have been a 10 out of 10. <laughs> well, oh. you know you know what? I, while you were talking, Eric, I was thinking about the, a great double feature would be the Toll and Seder. Just smash them together because they're, they both have different yeah, – they, they travel so, sort of a similar territory, but they – treat the the material within a different sense and i thought that bruce yeah, yeah. i was just gonna say you could, also you could watch three of these and instead of one um okay. snyder cut <laughs> okay <laughs> all right yeah so i you know what i'm not gonna defend that because i'd never got a link during that week and i'm i'm still throwing that little hissy fit uh, a lot of people in our cinematics facebook group praise the living heck out of the snyder cut before we get to the movie rewind i know the only person out of us three who's made any kind of headway on the Snyder verse, the Snyder cut was Eric Holmes. Eric, how far did you get into this four hour film? And did your opinions of what your expectations were they upended or did you say, well, I, I saw it. I, it was predictable and I didn't like it. What was your take on what you saw of the Snyder cut? No, it was uh, it was fine. I liked it. Is that a joke? <laughs> I felt exactly with the Snyder cut to me was just a longer version of the original one. And I like that one too. Like that. It it wasn't like, Oh my God, so much better. Or it wasn't like, Oh, this is a piece of shit. It was like, "Eh, it's a superheroes beating each other up. I think it goes, uh, the, the first two hours drags a lot. I mean, so much character development in this. (laughs) It's just, (laughs) (laughs) but they slathered character development all over this place. And uh, it's, uh, the, yeah, the first two hours are like, this was an assembly cut is what it was. All when right. you, uh, when you're making a movie, you get all the footage yeah. and you just vomit it all onto the editing bay. And then you start trimming it down, trimming it down, trimming it down. They did uh, clearly didn't do this on the, like, you know, they have like, you know, three minute establishing shots on every, you know, every new scene. You know, it, it, there, there's a lot of wasted time, especially in that first two hours. Uh, that first two hours probably could have been cut down to a half hour easily, which I guess they did <laughs> in the uh, original Justice League. So more points of that one. But, you know, it, it, it was fine. Uh, the the final battle, that, that was pretty cool for a superhero movie. And then there was like an epilogue, which was uh, the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> it was just like, it was just was fan that, service yeah. on top of fan service. I'm like... But I, my guess is that the Snyder, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League, I'm guessing he's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to throw everything in there, which is mm. fine. But I probably would have, I probably would have trimmed it down a bit. Um, Did you feel like you wasted four hours of your time watching this movie? No, and I th- I think I'm not being fair to the movie because I did like pause it, go do stuff, and then come back, you know, and then watch some more of it. And that, like I was those first two hours, I was pretty well tuned out. It, was, it wasn't until the last half where it kind of started picking up for me. But yeah, I mean, let me ask a different question: If you could that? watch three ninety-minute indie movies that you've never seen yes, before, that. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you could watch Cherry or or this Snyder Cut again, which would you see? Which would you watch? Probably Cherry again. Fair. Yeah, I, I would I'd say watch I'd, Cherry again, and not ever having seen the Snyder Cut. There you go. <laughs> I, I would I would say uh, I do like. I mean, you know, you guys know what I think of Endgame, which I I don't think very highly of that movie at all. But uh, I would say this one's better than Endgame, but like I wouldn't put it above like Batman and Robin. That's a terrible example because I'm the only one who likes Batman and Robin. I, <laughs> I, I would uh, I I wouldn't put it above like Dark Knight or you know Iron Man three or you know even uh, Infinity War. Like as much as I hate Endgame, I love Infinity War. So I would watch those before. I I don't think I would watch this one again. It, it was just, I watched it once and you know it, it was entertaining, especially during the last half, and got it. <laughs> Okay. I don't need to. Uh, I don't need to watch it again to break things down. I think uh, yeah. I, I think I, I think I got it on the first run. I'll eventually get to it, Bruce. You're not going to ever get to it, probably. Nah, too many other if it's, movies. To- if it's uh, just streaming on TV for free, and I just, hop, I might drop in and drop out, but I'm not going to sit down for four hours and some odd minutes to watch this movie, wow. unless it's in the box. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, if you put this in the box, I will refuse it. <laughs> Would you watch a four-hour movie directed by Andre Tarkovsky? Uh. Mm, that's a, that's pushing it too. I mean, honestly, two and a half, three hours is is about where most movies should be. I did go to the theater and watch the full-length extended Das Boot. Oh, fair. Like five hours, I think that was but, fine, right? But it was also a miniseries that they that had originally aired that way, and they just presented it on screen as a movie. So. Okay, right. so and it had U-boats and, and Nazis and stuff. So it, you know. I think, I think if you're going to have a four hour movie, you should probably earn the runtime. You know, there, there's nothing inherently wrong about it. Like I've seen TV series that go on long and, sure. and they're fine though. I love newsroom. You know, I'd, I'd watch that front to back, you know, if I didn't have to work for, you know, maybe over a weekend or something, but I like the characters. I like the stories they present with, with justice league. It's like, you know, it's, it's fine, but I'm sure the people that love these characters and love these type of movies, they could probably go for an eight hour version of this movie. Yeah. I'm and, a Snyder and more, guy. And, yeah. And, yeah. And more power to them. It's yeah. just not my cup of tea, but yeah. Hey, if you want to, if you want to give me a eight hour version of Wolf of wall street, I am all in. <laughs> Very, fair enough. Fair enough to, to each his or her own. That said, our big rewind this week is happily. I saw it last week, ran the review, Ran the interview with Ben David Grubinski on our previous episode. This time, no interview for Happily, just Bruce and Eric's take on this movie. The story's about a quote-unquote happily married couple played by Carrie Bechet and Joel McHale. They are the subject of envy by their fellow either married or committed couples slash friends. They ultimately meet a mysterious stranger played by Stephen Root. Something happens. And that mysterious stranger, we don't know if he's dead or alive or maybe who knows what's what's going on with this guy. But this person ends up putting a a very negative effect on their relationship as well as the lives of the people who are in their circle. That is the premise of Happily Again, written and directed by Ben David Grabinski. Bruce Perky, your thoughts on Happily? Wow, this is uh, it's going to be kind of a tough one because I don't want to spoil things because there's definitely you, you did a good job of introducing it. I guess I would say I like this movie quite a bit. I think this will be frustrating for a lot of people for the reasons that I kind of like it, and that is this movie 
starts like it's going to go in one direction when the initial visit from the stranger appears. And I think, okay, I kind of know what's going to happen. And then we're going to experience the results of that event on these two characters. And we do, but not the way I expected. And it expands out to quite a bigger movie with a lot of characters all interacting, uh, all of their friends, basically all together for uh what do you would call it? Like a, a weekend with friends weekend. in a, yeah. you know, and it almost ends up being, um this is hard to describe because it doesn't really quite work. It almost becomes like one of those like clue or murder mystery mansion kind of things where you have a whole bunch of despicable characters who all could be a uh, part of the problem, or maybe they're not, but they're fun, despicable characters. And all of the events are really unusual and i didn't know where this movie was going but i had a whole lot of fun going there i would say also carrie bechet i have seen her in other things and never really paid to notice but she is freaking great in this movie she is so good she acts her ass off in this movie in a, in a movie that doesn't really require her to go act as much as she does i thought she was a revelation and then i'm coming in somewhere and joel McHale is make sure to get his shirt off in many scenes in this movie to show how ripped he is at this point in his career you know, all due respect carrie bechet to me was the mvp of the film but yes it, it, you know when you have steven root in the movie he's always going to be high up there so you put steven root in the movie the movie upscales immediately but yeah. she is amazing and like i said in the interview when ben david grabinski puts twin peaks freaks and geeks and halt and catch fire is his top three series ever and a big reason why is carrie bechet is to me is a treasure of an actor really wonderful so ultimately solid recommend for you on i would say solid recommend if you're a little bit adventurous and you like really unusual narratives that don't necessarily fit into any genre they're just it's it's uh it's a it's an odd piece. I don't know what to say. I could, like I said, I could imagine a lot of people being really disappointed because it doesn't do the kinds of things that they want it to do. But I liked it. I ended up really liking it. I, I was kind of perplexed by it, but happily so. Well, you know, Eric, there's a, the whole phrase about dotting your I's and crossing your T's. I think one of the things that Bruce is alluding to is we as viewers want a lot of times to have our narratives solved and explained away. And the fact that this movie happily it goes in different directions which may be considered ambiguous and makes us want to actually think and talk about that could really frustrate a lot of people wondering for you eric did that frustrate you and your overall big picture take on happily well speaking of movies i'd love to see a four-hour cut of this is one of them (laughs) uh the uh i'm not sure what to say about the ending other than i loved it um because it's not at all Movies of this kind don't usually end in the way this one did. I'll just I'll just leave it there. <laughs> I, I can see myself falling through the ice if I continue to talk about that. But uh, this this movie's fantastic. It, it's a complete genre bender because it kind of starts off as uh, almost like a, a silly rom com sort of thing, and then it turns into like this dark you know murder mystery, and then it kind of turns into other things at the end. Uh, the music's fantastic. Very, I, I mm. love the soundtrack. I love the look of it. I love the mystery of it. I love where the movie ended and where it went. And yeah, to your point, I think it will frustrate some people. But I, I think this is a good example of a movie. You just got to just give yourself into it. 
just let it be itself and then just and may, maybe maybe you give yourself into happily and you won't leave very happily but maybe you will and i, I think I, I think if you spend less time trying to figure out the movie or try to put yourself into it and just kind of let it wash over you i think you're going to get a lot out of it especially the ending because oh I, w- I wish we could talk about the ending i love the ending <laughs> so much of this well, one and there's several endings. Like there's an ending with uh, Gretel. I'm just going to yeah. say that. There's an I, ending I, with Gretel. I was like, well, what the fuck did that come from? <laughs> I I, like, I, 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 I'm talking about the whole tone of the, the I know. Ending. I know what you're saying. I know what yeah. you're saying. But I mean, it, it did some things that were really fun. Like, for example, and this is not a spoiler thing, but at one point in the movie, some characters have to deal with an automatic gate for a, uh, for, um, a parking area of a kind of a rich house. And they set that up the whole movie that something's going to go on with that gate. But when it happens in a weird spot in the movie, you're like, this is going to happen. We're going to do this now. And I kind of loved it. I loved what they ended up doing with that gate at that point in the movie. And there's a lot of scenes like that. There's a scene where, um, once again, to be really vague, there's a scene where something happens to a character at night that might be done by somebody else that's going to reveal who's doing what. That's not what that scene ends up playing out to be. It ends up playing out to be something different. It's, it's pretty cool. I think it's, I think this is a movie that will age well and might frustrate people in the short term. Would be fair enough, over Eric? There was a great jump scare in this one when uh, she goes out to get liquor, and <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I I've seen that uh, actress before, but I forget her name. She's hilarious and she's pretty funny in this and sweet, but uh, she's just walking out and then she just comes in out of the shadows. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> and then I rewound that part. I'm like, motherfucker, she's there the whole, like, she, you can see her the whole time. But, uh, yeah, that, that that was a really good, uh, really good little filmmaking thing they did there. Would it be, you, you yep. said it's genre bending, Eric. Would it be safe to say, guys, that if you are a fan of genre filmmaking, at least whether to, to gravitate towards happily, check happily out, if you appreciate these kind of genres, the, you know, well, the giallo and the suspense and the dark comedy stuff all mixed into one? Yeah. Well, it, it's weird because how the movie starts off, there's a group of people that this is a movie they totally want to see. And then the people that would like the last half is probably going to get to the first half and be like, oh, this looks like it sucks until they get to the last half. But the people that like the first half will be like, oh, this is a, totally the movie I was looking for. And then they get to the last half and they're like, oh, this is not at all. What I- <laughs> <laughs> Very good so, it, so it's it's weird because it's like different genres but yeah. I, I think i think it plays in different genres that don't always they're kind yeah. of like water and oil but it works i i think it absolutely works for yeah. me but yeah it's uh yeah yeah it's I, like if you, if you like like hipster rom rom-com friends movies but you want to drop it into a bizarro universe <laughs> then you might love <laughs> it's like by, by David Lynch remakes the big chill or something. Oh, <laughs> very know? nice pitch. Yeah, David Lynch <laughs> makes a big chill. And playing Gretel is Eric. You were wondering about the actress that is Charlene Yi. Yeah, she's wonderful yeah. in this movie. I, I saw a, I saw an interview with her. I think it was like probably Conan O'Brien, where she does an impression of a turtle. Just YouTube it. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> 
she should have her own movies just being just deadpan it for two hours i would i would watch a four-hour cut of charlene you just deadpanning it as it may be like a a private eye working in la just going around town that sounds like a good movie to me man so anyways that that is happily it's now i believe in theaters on digital so you can get it i'm gonna look where it's at but guys so solid recommend for uh yes yeah Okay, cool. So that is that is that is happily. I believe it's not in theaters by now, but it's probably on demand and and on digital as well. Okay, so that is that. I will get back to the specifics of that. Eric Holmes, you have a very quick rewind, and that is a movie that Bruce Perky, I believe, either either covered last week or a couple of weeks ago. Spontaneous. Bruce was very oh, yes. high on that. And do you concur with Bruce Perky regarding his high recommendation of Spontaneous? I do. I actually watched this right after Happily, and it made for a wonderful double feature. Um, it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of similar in that it's got you know it, it seems like a a light you know light uh, young adult rom com sort of thing, but it's also like a you know gross uh, gory horror movie. But it also has like kind of a you know kind of a, a social message along with it um, of uh, you know living the now, man. You know, um, uh, you know, it's got, I guess with spontaneous, the only thing I didn't like is that the, uh, characters were a little too hip. If if that makes sense. Uh, they, they start bringing out like older movies. I'm like, there's no fucking way a 15 year old. (laughs) Oh, come on, Eric. When you were 15, I'm sure Bruce, when you were 15, you, you knew your films. Come on. I'm sure you knew your films. Were, were, were you hip? Were you hip, I, I mean, Eric? Come on, I, that's old man talk, Eric I, Holmes. I, I know, I know '80s movies when I was young because I was in the '80s when I was young. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Fair but enough. Uh, you know, they, um, you know, I, it, I think when the uh, when the characters start getting a little hip with the with the movie references, that feels more like the writer than it does the characters. Mm. Um, oh yeah this is like that this is like that uh scene in rafifi i'm like you didn't see rafifi <laughs> <laughs> well, <I know. laughs> I st- and again i apologize eric i still haven't seen rafifi although my mother has and i'm sure bruce has you have, oh, I, bruce perky has still hasn't seen it either so we oh, I've, apologize. Seen it. I've seen it oh you've seen it okay and i'm yeah, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not a i'm not a yeah. hipster so uh, yeah but i i, I will get and they didn't even bring up rafifi i just it was the only I thing know. that popped in my head uh they did bring up uh et at one point and I, that I could see like that, you know, if they're going to make an ET reference, that totally makes sense. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent. There was a, there's a thing that happens and I saw it coming from the moment I saw the character introduce. And I'm like, okay. Oh my God, I know what's going to happen. I know, <laughs> I know what's going to happen to this character. I know exactly where this is going. And this is not, and this is not a slide on the movie at all. I, because I think it kind of telegraphs it maybe, or it, it, at least to me, it seemed to, um, because it wasn't that, haha, I know the ending of your movie before long before I get to the end of your movie. I'm so smart. This is more like, oh no, this thing's going to mm-hmm. happen. When is this thing going to happen? Cause it's just a matter of time. And, uh, and so that kind of left a feeling of dread in me. And then, you know, seeing things happen and how things play out and it just made it harder and harder. And then closer it got to the end of the movie. I'm like, all right, brace for impact. This is not going to, 
Do you? Uh, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Sorry, Bruce. no, no, oh. no. It's a good thing because it adds it adds a level of uh, stress and suspense to the movie that I don't think would you know. There's a there's a way to do that exact same thing, and it comes off as shocking. But since I'm waiting for it almost the entire movie, it's it's just a sense of looming dread because none of these characters are safe. You know, they just random characters just blow up for no reason. And so, you know, it's coming. It's just a matter of when. And so it's just a looming dread. And it just kind of just kind of kept me suspended on, you know, the edge of my seat the whole time. And well, yeah, th- this is a really good, uh, this is a really good movie too. Uh, you know, the, if you can, you, you have to get over the, uh, the characters sounding like the writer, but if you can do that, <laughs> the, uh, the story's there, it's really sweet. And the way all the characters interact with each other, boyfriends, girlfriends, regular friends, parents, uh, even like, even the, uh, was it like the cops the or police officer? Yeah. That one police officer yeah. keeps coming in. It's like, she, yeah, like she sees her getting drunk and it's like, well, she, she would arrest her. I'm like, well, yeah, in our world, but in a world where kids just randomly explode, maybe you just let them get away with shit because why the fuck not? And I, mm-hmm. I think that's another good thing that this movie does is it really leans into the, uh, this isn't our world. So what happens if people are just randomly exploding and we don't know why, how would the world change as a result of that? And I think they did a good job showing that as well. Yeah. Mm. Now, would you agree? Is it Catherine Langford? I think that's Catherine. I don't yeah, know if I got the name yeah, right. You're right. Don't you agree that she's this is like a real star turn for her? Like this should really launch her into some other roles. I think main so. girl. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if I seen another movie with her in it and just probably her. no. I probably no, have to. No, no. The, um, the one movie you've seen her in, Eric is in Knives Out. She was in Knives Out as well, but I don't think okay. she had the, the meatiest of roles in that movie. And I, we haven't seen Thirteen Reasons Why. We I think she's yeah, she had a big role in the first season. But uh, yeah, so it's Star Trek, and you know, Bruce Spontaneous sounds like a very mature film for a young adult genre. Film. So you guys, it's a mature film, or yeah, I would say it's. I mean, it's both. It's a good young adult film, but it's to me, it has a lot more heart, and it, it's one of those movies like we talked about before that it is way better than it had to be this did not have to be as good of a movie as it is <laughs> so i think that it just it levels up the game that it that it plays as opposed to just being your standard i don't know disney teen movie or something so eric you have to lose one film you can you can only keep one movie spontaneous or the map of tiny perfect things Ooh. which do you keep and which oh. goes in the garbage you know, actually, I just toss them both because and keep hopscotch because I don't know if you guys ever seen hopscotch. <laughs> Plug in our previous episode on Ronald Dean, folks. You gotta go check that out. Um, show notes. I, I don't know. Hopscotch or holy motors? They both start with H. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> that is our Leo's correct interview. Very good, Bruce. We, we're doing it. Synergy. Yes, Eric. Yeah. I think I would probably keep this one. And that the only reason this one gets the edge is because there's so many Groundhog Day type movies out now. Sure. And this, uh, they both kind of have a similar kind of sweetness to it. And I care about the characters in both of them. I like the the story in both of them. But this one has the uh, people just blowing up for no reason. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I've never seen that before. And they, they kind of play with the whole, uh, they kind of play with the whole random people blowing up pretty well in this like they it it feels like they just spent like months just writing down all the cool ideas they could do in a world where people just randomly blow up 
and then just went through all of them in this movie, especially okay. towards the end. That uh, is awesome. But yeah, th- this one, but not by a lot because I, I love both of them. Okay, fair enough. That and that is spontaneous. It's currently, I mean, you can purchase it on digital. I'm sure that's how Bruce got it, and that's how you got it, Eric Holmes. You were renting it on digital, and uh, so oh Bought yes, Eric. Bought it on Amazon. Oh, you bought it on Amazon. Speaking of Amazon, folks. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, that, oh, yes. that was happily. Oh, oh. But go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, that was happily. You, you, did you purchase it or did you rent it on, on Amazon? You no, heard, I, I, so I think I rented this. I rented this one and I bought happily on Amazon. Oh, rent it. Oh, okay, cool. I'm sorry. My brain's all no, 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 no. Speaking of Amazon, folks, listen, I, I'm, I, I'm, gonna, I'm the glad hander out of all us three. If you, if you, you know, we have Amazon links on our show notes and our Find Your Film Facebook page and the Deepest Dream website. If you purchase stuff through those links, shop, whatever you want, just, just hit us up uh, via our email info at Find Your Scene. Tell us what you got via those Amazon links and we will announce it on the air. Thank you guys so much for supporting us here on Find Your Film. Speaking of support, support comes with weekly recommendations by my betters. That first recommendation comes from Bruce Perky, who has a very unpronounceable movie recommendation currently <laughs> streaming on Shutter right now that deals with his moniker. Bruce Perky, please take it away because I'm not yes. going to pronounce this movie. Uh, it's Coco D Coco Day. Well, speaking of time loops, this has time loop elements to it. Everyone's uh, making time loop movies. This, I guess, was made in 2019, so I'll give it a pass as being slightly ahead of the curve on that. Even okay. though it's just finally, this is such an obscure movie. It it took a while to make it to some streaming service. I should have looked up the nationality of this, but the director is uh, Johannes Nyholm. It's like Swedish or Danish or something like that. Anyway. Pardon, pardon me, Scandinavians, you know better. So I will preface this movie with a big trigger warning alert. Ooh. If you don't can't get into movies like Funny Games and Antichrist. Because don't, most people don't love those movies, right? Movie. Yeah. Most people <laughs> well, love some those people movies. Some people do. Some okay. people do. But um, this, this movie could really be triggering. You might go into it thinking it's one thing. This is not your father's Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day time loop movie. <laughs> this is a little more messed up than that. That being said, if you're willing to dive in, you might find something pretty interesting and, and unique and cool here. Uh, the basic concept is you have a mother and a father and their child, and they're all out on vacation somewhere. They all have been face painted. They've got like rabbit ears and they're having a good old time. It's like a country fair or something. They're next to all these other people that are reveling. They're eating food and the mother starts having an anaphylactic reaction to some shellfish in their meal. And they all fly off in a helicopter to save her. And then I'm going to tell you a, a quick a beginning spoiler because it's the kickoff of the movie. So it isn't really a spoiler. They all sleep together with the mom that night, wake up and the daughter is dead. She also had anaphylactic shock overnight and died. That's the beginning of the movie. So this movie is pretty hardcore right out the gate. And then it does something really interesting and unique. It has this animated sequence with shadow puppets, really cool, interesting animated sequence. And then it cuts to years ahead and the couple has lived with this for years and they're going off to kind of try to reconnect by going camping together. And they go camp together. They wake up in the morning. The mom says, uh, you know, the not mom anymore, but the mom says, you know, I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. I'm going to leave the tent. She leaves the tent. And these three people approach her from the woods. Uh, a strange, like, carver barker kind of looking guy that's old, older. A really large hulking figure uh, carrying a dead dog. 
and a tall uh, woman with really crazy hair. They look like circus performers or something. They come walking out of the woods and the one guy is singing this song, Kokudi, Kokuday. It's like this little nursery rhyme. And they happen to match exactly the characters that were on the daughter's music box on the day she died. And so it begins. And it's very twisted, very weird, disturbing, but really interesting and cool. Interesting and cool. That is it. And just did it scare the bleep out of you or you just love the way the story I don't was think this is much scary as it is. It starts out disturbing and it ends up more cathartic if you stay with it. Because it's mm. much more to do with kind of the nightmare of living with this interminable grief, you know, this never ending grief, but it's, it's embodied in this really strange and nightmarish uh, experience they have in this time loop uh, and how that kind of plays out. It's, it's a really weird and unique movie. Wow. So do you think a lot of people are missing out by judging, oh, I guess I was going to say a music box by its cover, by, by, by judging it on a surface level? They're going to find a lot more if they just dig a little bit deeper, that kind of thing. I, I think it's kind of one of those, well, kind of like we talked about happily. So we talked about happily, like people that go with certain expectations might be disappointed because it's not the romantic comedy they wanted, or it's not the pick the, the genre. This is kind of similar. Like horror fans might go into this and say, this is just artsy bullshit. And I don't like it because it doesn't do anything. <laughs> and people that go in and see this kokadi kakadot, it kind of, kind of has this kind of swirling picture on the poster and it looks kind of, like it might be almost a Alice in Wonderland kind of a fantasy will be very disappointed when they get this really dark triggering, like horrific drama. But I think of the people who stick with it, who are in, like, that's why I listed things like Antichrist and Funny Games, very adventurous, very challenging movies, but people who like them can really get a lot from them. I think this movie has that kind of ability because uh, there's a second shadow puppet sequence towards the end. That's just one of the most amazing things I've seen in a long time. It's really cool. Okay. So that is Coco D Coco day, a day Coco day. Streaming that's the way that, and you'll know that very clearly by the end of this, because how many times they walk out of the woods saying Coco D Coco day. And the guy's singing the song. And every time he does it, it's more creepy and terrible than the time before. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like horrifying. I was going to say horrible. Yeah. Horrifying. This wouldn't be one I'd rep- like. I would probably not recommend this to Greg. This doesn't seem like Greg's type of movie. <laughs> Eric, yeah, maybe. Eric might. It could go either way with Eric. Yeah. Oh, you have me at uh, Antichrist and Funny Games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that is now currently streaming on Shudder. So again, might be. Might be a horrific experience, but Bruce dropped the word cathartic. Could be one of these anguish night of the night of nightmarish kind of experiences. But maybe at the end, there might be a light at the end of the tunnel. Might be an interesting movie to watch. Speaking of interesting movies to watch, Eric, what is your recommendation for this week? I'm not going to pronounce it. They saw a movie called Hasu, directed by Nobuhiko Obayashi. 1977 movie. Um this movie is freaking insane. <laughs> wait, wait, first of all, before you talk about you, you, you just picked it up recently at your local entertain mart. Why did you decide to purchase it? Was it on a whim? Did you hear about it? What's going on? with So that? I, I've seen like bits and pieces of it here and there. And, uh, it, you know, this, look at that cat. It just kept looking at me. And I'm like, you know what? It, it was just one of those that I keep almost getting. And then I never do. And then, Right now, it's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm getting it. And uh, I did. And that artwork inside must be awesome, too, right? To uh, it's not not really. It's kind of kind of bland. It's just a bunch of uh, oh. um, okay. bunch okay. of, bunch of photos. That cover was awesome. This movie should have come with a sheet of acid because I think that would really <laughs> help me quite understand. <laughs> 
Okay. It might help me understand what exactly it is that I just watched. Uh, (laughs) It's okay. I think because this movie came out in 1977 and I'm not 100% sure what all technology, filmmaking technology they had back then. But I think the director used all of it in this movie, which is probably why some criterion. It's like, <laughs> all right, all right, filmmakers, here are here are your tools to edit the movie. I'm like, cool, I'll use all of it. No, 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 no. I mean, you, you you're just supposed to kind of take what you need. Nope, I'm gonna use all of it. I'm gonna edit the shit out of everything and just use all the special effects. And this thing is just relentless. Uh, Well, I'm going to read the plot synopsis on IMDb. This sounds really interesting. A schoolgirl and six of her classmates travel to her aunt's country, her aunt's country home, which turns out to be haunted. Simple enough story, but like you said, that's not even the... Hey, if that's what it's about, then I'm all about to do it. No, okay, so the the first part of the movie is like a almost like a sitcom sometimes and then like a uh, anime at other times and just uh you know lsd trip throughout and then yeah they get to the uh they get to the house in uh the aunt's house and then she's like a witch that wants to well i mean she's like the the nice aunt I'm like oh, i'm here by myself and i'm glad you girls are here with me and the girl's name are girls names are like gorgeous karate mm-hmm. And professor, no kung fu yep. and prof, yep. and like that. They're all they're all uh character or what not caricatures. Uh, what, their what names are it? what they are. Like their type, they're they're like yeah. uh, characteristics yeah. or something. Someone I'm on prof. IMDb I'm gave prof it because I'm the smart girl. You can tell because I'm wearing glasses. I'm the fat girl. I'm the funny one. You can tell because I'm always eating. I'm gorgeous because I'm the pretty girl. And you can tell because I'm so pretty. <laughs> I'm reading on IMDb. Please someone isolate gave it a, all that. <laughs> so someone gave this movie 10 out of 10, but he or she said, could just be as easily be a one. It's hard to tell. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty uh, accurate. This is not for most people. The, the only <laughs> well, people that I describes re- me, not for most people. <laughs> is it a 10 or a one for you, Bruce? Oh, I love this movie. This movie is just outright ridiculously bonkers and a unique one of a kind thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. The the only people I would recommend this to are the people that are listening to this review going, huh, that could be interesting. If you're that kind of movie goer where you're like, I don't care what I see, you know, and you, and you're looking for weird, this is it. Like, and so is. you liked you liked it, Eric. You you're just looking out for other people. You're looking out yeah. for other people. Okay. I, and I I was absolutely baffled by it for sure. I didn't hardly understand any of it, but I'm watching <laughs> it going, dude. This is a thing that happened. <laughs> it just kept <laughs> happening. <laughs> and uh it's uh yeah, it uh, I I I really need to take shrooms and watch this again. I I cuz oh, I think it could be bad though. It could be No, <laughs> I I, no, I think I think it's kind of like a you know how like uh you know the doesn't really work this way but they say like if you're drunk if you keep drinking you'll eventually drink yourself sober i think if i take enough lsd and then watch it it'll get it'll i'll get over that hump and then i'll trip <laughs> myself out sober and house will make complete sense i'm like i understand everything the filmmaker was going for in this movie. 
That's so interesting. Yeah, this movie is almost indescribable. I could say that um, for people who don't know if they want to go into it or not, you can watch clips and you'll get an idea of it. Uh, and it won't spoil anything, although it'll spoil the surprise of that thing happening in the middle of the movie. Because there's a scene with a piano that's incredible, obviously. There's a scene with a well uh, yeah. that I won't describe. And there's a, there's, a few, there's a scene at the end with cats and stuff. And oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, this is another one that you really can't spoil, though, because everything's a non sequitur. Like I was thinking, how you're describing it, like every editing technique. I could also describe it like, um, like if you took a, a a really artistic, interested, weird, obsessed teenagers like art notebook, and just brought it to life. You know, yeah. like all their sketches and stuff, and it just had it all happen. You know, it's almost like that too. Like just ideas. Just so coherence crayons. has nothing. Coherence is no, not even a no, part. No. No. no, there's, there's no there's I also no, left coherence at the door way back. <laughs> no, no. Coherence has no home in this, in this here universe. Okay. So that uh, is, is, is absolutely interesting. And if you want to check out, like if you're in this weird stuff and you're like, or maybe you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I want you know, this is a fuck it movie. Just fuck it. I'm going to watch it. And then just, See what happens. Just let it take you, cause uh, and don't bother trying to understand it, cause I don't think you could. This is the How movie sh- that I could I could imagine being on in like a party, and you just have it playing, and mm-hmm. everyone would just be having the party, doing whatever, and then all of a sudden they'd be like, "What the what the fuck it? What what's happening over there?" <laughs> <laughs> on you know what this is actually perfect on on the back of the Criterion. It uh, describes it as an episode of Scooby Doo as directed by Mario Bava. That's perfect. <laughs> very awesome. That is very awesome. You know, I I might have been. I'm, I think I'm sold on the movie Scooby Doo and Baba. Scooby Doo as a kid, and now it's, thanks to you guys, I'm really into Mario Baba. That is how Sue. I'm assuming it's available. Well, it's available at Criterion Collection Physical Media. Check it out. We are closing our show with our what's in the box, Bruce Perky. Yes. What do you got? Uh, what well, do you got here? I had to do an audible because uh, I originally had Baby Blood by. Uh, suggested by Andrew Dykstra. I couldn't get it. It was only available on Canopy. You couldn't rent it anywhere. I couldn't, uh, you you had to have Canopy or you couldn't watch it. And I was like, well, I don't have Canopy, so I can't watch it. So I messaged Andrew and I said, hey, is there anything else you want me to do? I'll I'll pick it. If you can get back to me in time. He he didn't get back to me in time. So I said, okay, guys, what should I do? And uh, Greg said, Posse, directed by Kirk Douglas, 1975. You know what? Before we get pot to posse, I'm sorry, Bruce. Andrew Dykstra, I have Canopy. I will watch Baby Blood. Baby Blood? I will watch Baby Blood right after I watch House Sue. Oh, God. No, you we might not be. We're going to lose Greg. Maybe Greg I will be back next week. Yeah, you'll so have some. We have a have, spot. Yeah, you'll have an. I'm going to call Anderson. Maybe he'll jump jump in and upscale the show a little bit. I'll be, I'll be in some kind of sanitarium. But but Andrew Dykstra, I'm going to go. I decide, forget. I should have thought on my feet a little bit better canopy i will check it i will check out baby blood next week for i guess a dual what's in the box i'll yeah, just dual what's in the box yeah, this is gonna lower, be good. yeah that'll be good okay so what so posse and i uh, before you get into posse mm-hmm. Bruce, that was just something that was right off my my noggin because i know how much eric holmes loves kirk douglas and if i dangled that kirk douglas fruit he would definitely take chomp <laughs> oh, it worked torture. it worked i'm so glad it wasn't a mousetrap because i would have been dead right now yeah you were chomping and champing at the bit so bruce <laughs> tell us about posse right so posse 1975 it is on amazon prime or other places too but if you want to see it it's easy on amazon prime directed by kirk douglas starring kirk douglas as uh sheriff howard nightingale and he so this is an odd movie but a really cool movie 
but we're going to talk about it anyway. Uh, Thank you. Thank I'm so, so glad you said that. So it starts out and he is, it starts out with basically with a bunch of bandits in a, they're in a, like a barn and they've got their, you know, they've got a bunch of money. They're sitting there. They've obviously got away with it from the railroad and they're, they're, you know, sleeping for the night and they're changing a guards. Like the guard will come in, wake up somebody, send another guard out. And then the other guy will go to sleep just to make sure no one comes to, you know, attack him or take back the money they've stolen. This gang of bad guys is led by Jack Strawhorn, Strawhorn, uh, played by Bruce Dern. We love Bruce Dern. And, yeah. And lo and behold, in comes the posse led by Sheriff Nightingale, Kirk Douglas. They come in, they kill everybody except Bruce Dern happens to escape, the leader of the gang. He escapes off into the night. The rest of the guys are all killed. The money burns and the people burn inside the barn. Basically, it goes to a small town and, you know, in rolls the posse, uh, the heroic, you know, Leader is Nightingale as a sheriff who is running for Senate, if I remember correctly. He's uh, the up and coming uh, candidate because he's such a notorious uh, catcher of bad guys. And that's, he rolls into the town um, just as the surviving, if I remember correctly, just as the surviving um, Bruce Dern character has kind of caused some mayhem there. He's killed killed the sheriff in the town and he's you know done some other bad stuff and he's escaped off into the hills and off they go to get him. The first third of the movie is them kind of going off to get the final bad guy, get him, you know, so he can, you know, seal his fate as a, as the hero who's got the the worst criminals in Texas. And that part is okay. It's pretty traditional, you know, going off, you get the bad guy, there's a shootout in the hills. He finally, finally gets him and takes him back to town. And they won't say too much more after that. Also, though, I'll say that the movie makes a very interesting turn and becomes something very different than what I thought it was going to be. Refreshingly so. And the last two thirds of this movie are excellent kind of revisionist Western. I think they call this one. They call this one of the first post Watergate Westerns, which is makes sense when you watch this movie, how it kind of plays out. But the way that our, our heroic characters paths progress in the final two thirds of this movie, I thought was, was really interesting, really refreshing and surprising to me. I really liked it. I thought it was a good movie. Wow. Very good. Very good. Yeah. You know, I, I was surprised at Posse because I was, when we, when we talk about Kirk Douglas in a Western, I'm thinking mm-hmm. guns are blazing. I'm going to have fun because I just want, I'm thinking last train from Gun Hill. If you haven't seen that, Eric Holmes, you need to see that. It's a great movie with him and Anthony Quinn, but Kirk Douglas in a Western, uh, Turn your brain off. Have a good time. Some good story storytelling, but it would still be in that same pocket of bad guy, good guy. Maybe there's a damsel in distress. There's a shootout. Nope. End of end of story. But Posse to me was a different thing, and it really threw me for a loop. And yeah. Eric Holmes, since you within the last year, you've been out of all three of us. You've been really watching your share of Kirk Douglas, and you've actually been really analyzing some of his work, and you've loved it. I was so excited for you to see it. Because this is a different side of Kirk Douglas and you've been seeing a lot of this stuff. Did this movie surprise you or maybe not because you've seen so many of his works over the last year? Actually, when I first started watching this, I was like, oh, this looks like a, like I, Anderson often talks about like a Antoine Fuqua didn't direct Training Day. It was actually Denzel Washington. And yeah. I was watching this and I'm like, you know, like Kirk Douglas Every movie I've seen, and this one's no exception, this is another, as far as I'm concerned, of the movies I've seen so far, his filmography is perfect. Still waiting to find the bad one. This is not it. But I'm watching it going, you know what? I bet, like, I I wonder if Kirk Douglas actually directed some of these. 
and then come find oh wait he did direct this one okay well (laughs) (laughs) but uh it's it's weird that i could kind of see his fingerprints on this movie even though i've never seen a movie directed before but just because like this movie has a a lot in common i think with paths of glory where Mm -hmm. it's very good because this like they they catch bruce stern like halfway through the movie and like this can't be a movie with bruce stern in it like rotting not even halfway it's like 30 minutes yeah. into it. Yeah. And so so I'm like, well, what what else is there? And then the rest of the movie happens. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. And so just in Kirk Douglas fashion, it starts as one thing and it's not quite the movie you think it's it is going in. It you know, it just kind of becomes and much like Paths of Glory, where it starts off as a war movie, then becomes a courtroom drama, then it becomes a prison movie. Like this this movie kind of takes different turns yeah. and becomes different movies as it goes on i mean the whole thing's a western but it's yeah th- this movie's fantastic i love can, this one can we call out a couple th- things i want to call out and see if you agree with me on this uh one thing is the middle third of the movie which is kind of the most contemplative but also sets up the most character stuff the fact that the jail cell like overlooks everything and bruce dern's character keeps looking out the window and seeing things and commenting <laughs> on things i thought that was hilarious it would never happen i'm sure you know what this you know condemned criminal like hey good job <laughs> that stuff was funny <laughs> but awesome and then the last third of this movie they take one of the most you know stereotypical cliched tropey things that you have in in a western which is the the train sequence right and they do something really unique and interesting with this train sequence from the way it begins to where a turn that happens to the way it ends and there is some practical stuff in there that i was like that couldn't be safe that there's no way that was safe but it's just narratively it's really interesting the way that goes did you guys ever think during this movie, think to yourself, gosh, Kirk Douglas has had such an amazing career. I wish he directed more because yeah. I loved where he went with the story. I, obviously, there's listeners, there's a, a whole big subplot situation that we're not touching just so you guys can enjoy Posse. Yeah. But I will say this, if you've ever seen a Kirk Douglas movie The one thing that I think, I don't know, Eric, I'm going to put words into your mouth, okay, (laughs) regarding Kirk Douglas. The thing about Kirk Douglas is he is an A-list actor, but within every role, within most of the roles I've seen him, there's always a surprise element within the characters he plays. I don't know Mm -hmm. whether that was part of his mantra for most of his work, but there there is a very surprise element regarding the character of Howard Nightingale. I credit all of us. We're going to pat ourselves on the back. We're not going to tell you what that character development is, but I will tell you this. There's not too many many A-list people would cast themselves in the role of Howard Nightingale. And I thought that was a brave move by Kirk Douglas and also Bruce Dern, who usually steals the show in most of the movies he's in, you have an iconic guy like Kirk Douglas saying, hey, Bruce, this is your movie, man. Just take it and and run with it. That's not a spoiler, but that's something... I was Eric. Were you kind of surprised that he just did all of these things? And no, he he, he kind of he kind of does that in his other movies, like Ace in the Hole. You know, he wasn't the he wasn't the hero in that. I mean, he was the protagonist, but he was definitely a piece of shit. <laughs> I guess in Paths of Glory, he was more like he was more the good guy in that. Like he he wasn't he didn't really double it. But he's he's had roles where you know his character is kind of on the fence morally. You know, anti heroes, if you will. And he's also, he didn't always need to take the spotlight as well. So like, it, it seems very on brand with his, 
at least the movies I've seen. I think he's just interested in interesting characters doing cool things or not not air quote cool things, but interesting characters in interesting situations. And this with, movie is no different. We're talking about genre benders, Bruce, with happily, mm-hmm. right? Some people who are purists, maybe to a certain kind of cinema might be disappointed after the first half and vice versa. Do you think some diehard Western fans will be turned off by Posse or not? Because you know what I'm saying? Because like, for example, my mom, she's a diehard West. I, I don't, she loves Douglas, but I'm, I'm just worried about, whoa, maybe she might see, like you said, it's revisionist. There are I things would say that, that you know, this would probably based on the gener- generation. So I think that people who are Westerns fans, if they know that this is, the 70s western they'll probably go like oh i don't like 70 westerns because they're all the wild bunch and they're all you know they're all like taking the west and changing it up so they would probably know yeah yeah they would probably know they like it or don't like it just based on the era that it came out Uh, they might be a little thrown off because of kirk douglas's involvement they might think like well he's iconic dude so maybe he's kind of back traditional role but even something like the cowboys bruce stern um (laughs) (laughs) Even the Cowboys, which is pretty damn traditional, it's got the you know, it's got John Wayne and all that stuff. Even it does some of that stuff too. So it's um, I think that unless you're just a brand new Western fan, you probably won't be surprised by it. You know, either already know or won't know that you like it. That's what I would say. Well, before, Eric, I don't know if you. I'm going to tell a story one more time, but one of my all-time favorite interviews is Bruce Stern. I had a one-on-one with him. I wish I still had the tape years ago. I think we did this. I think he was in this movie called Secondhand Lions. I think I interviewed him for that movie. That was close to 20 years ago. I had not seen. There's 20 years worth of experience I have now watching Bruce Stern movies. I would have, if I was, if that was me. If I knew what I knew then, I would have been very intimidated. Nicest guy in the world. We talked for maybe, what, 20 minutes for the actual interview. I accompany him down to the E entertainment parking lot. Cause I was working at the E building back then and just saying goodbye to him and just accompanying him. And I thought, said, Hey, nice to meet you. See you later. That's how I would do it. That's how I've done it thousands of times with other people. He decides to keep on talking his ear off. And we just start, I think I forgot. I think we talked about sports, another, another 20 minutes in the parking lot, just for the heck of it. Nice. And um, yeah, again, if I knew what I knew about Bruce Dern back then, I would have been a little bit, uh, I would have gobsmacked. So he is the man. We love Bruce Dern. We should do, we should do a spotlight on Bruce Dern, even though he didn't do it. One of these days, you guys have to watch, uh, I don't think you've ever, if either of you seen Silent Running. I have to see that. That's the one. Silent I think Running. Silent, Silent Running, that's an Eric Holmes film, right? You know, I, I can't 100% vouch for it because it's been so long since I've seen it, but I remember it being a really interesting, weird sci-fi movie from the early 70s, mid 70s. With mm-hmm. Bruce Dern is almost a solo role in that movie. Really it's like him and three robots on like a derelict spaceship, just flying through space with no hope. <laughs> and it's such a weird movie. You know what? One of these days, if we ever do a director spotlight, I'm going to do it. Maybe who who knows down the road? Maybe I'll do a director spotlight on Michael Ritchie. And one of the movies I will pick is Smile, starring Bruce Dern. That's an amazing film. Okay, before we get to Yes, sir. I, ju- I just wanted to say one last thing about Posse. This oh, movie yes. was so good. It totally got my Posse wet. Okay. You know, I'm going to leave that in because we're an explicit show. And I, I'm i just going to plead the fifth. I, posse. I, I, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I'm still, you guys are both E's. I'm a, G, I'm a G-rated Greg. So it, that was a funny joke, sir. Thank you so much. Posse, by the way, 
stream currently streaming on Amazon Prime Video as Eric Holmes still laughs. I, I am going to forgive you for that because you're such a Kurt Douglas fan. You get high marks from me. Bruce Perky, what is your, uh, you got to shuffle the box and I'm shuffling uh, it. I'm shuffling, shuffling it, shuffling it as Eric continues to laugh at the double entendres that are being I, brought I was, out. I was just thinking of how tight I'm, I'm, was. my finger is in the box right now. My fingers are in the okay, box. Okay. Okay. Uh, wow. We went off the rails. I am moving them around. What's in the box? What's in the fucking box? <laughs> All right, let's see what let's okay, see what I got. Very good, very good. All right, let's see here if I can unravel it. It's unravel. Uh, Bruce is continuing. Oh, well, yes, this could yes, be sir. really perfect. This okay. is going to be great. Okay, so we're going to have a double Andrew Dykstra. Oh. What's in the box okay. next week? Because okay. his other choice is Rain from two thousand one. Rain, Rain, R A I N from two thousand one. Yeah. Andrew Dykstra coming up with just some with coming with the I I was gonna say coming with the heat but coming with the obscure stuff gotta love it Baby Blood which I'm gonna watch know. and then and then Rain who knows maybe you tell I, mean, I I might check it out I don't know I don't know maybe I don't maybe. even know if I got it written down right I'm Rain sure I can't my read God, my Andrew own Dykstra writing. where does where does it what is where did your movie taste come from man that is that is amazing that is maybe just I'm not even got it written down right unexpected. Don't rain know, you gotta hit him up if it's rain I'll, I'll look it up rain 2000 r-a-n maybe, or, maybe i can't read my own is, is it ringu what no it's not ringu. on amazon oh, is, is it this? okay oh, Eric wait, maybe, maybe on uh oh, never mind that brought me to a dvd okay so, well it might I, be I rain. well we'll or, find out be, yeah, we'll find out. So Rain, Ringu, Rain, Ring, Bruce per- Perky will find out. At, at, oh, and then the Entertain Mart. Remember, folks. Yes, Eric Holmes just reminded me again. By the way, Eric Holmes, how did you get those two extra gift cards? Did they? Did you talk to the the people over at Entertain Mart? Did you have the powwow for them to give you two more cards? How did that meeting, uh, you, you know, behind the curtain turn out? What what happened? I know I know people who do things. That's all we gotta say about that. <laughs> Very good. You know, it's people who does thing do things. Anyways, I don't I don't have a good uh, little tough guy. I can't, I can't do that very well. So, but anyways, that's Entertain Mart over in Colorado Springs. That is our latest giveaway. We will announce the winner, the two winners of those cool cards, twenty dollar gift cards. Next on the on next week's episode again. Email Eric Holmes at hamslime at gmail.com. Tell him what you did. Did you like our Facebook page? Did you leave a comment on for our podcast? You can do one or the other, and you can get one entry. If you do both, you'll get two entries. All right, that is it. Bruce Perky, you want to say anything before we get out of here? How Howsu. Come to watch Howsu. Howsu. Eric Holmes, you want to top that, or are we just going to leave that at the Howsu? Eric Holmes shakes his head <laughs> and, and and there's a lot of laughter and there's I'm scared. We will see you guys next week. Get in on those gift cards and maybe join us next week as when we do when we have some baby blood, rain ringu, whatever that is. We're gonna do some concrete cowboys with Idris Elba. Eric Holmes will have some more double entendre uh, six nine jokes that I don't want to mention. There's gonna be a lot of stuff going on. We will see you guys next week and thank you guys for listening. Have a great week watching movies.